You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Okay, everybody, welcome back to this bonus episode of our podcast. This is to celebrate our 100th episode, and we are so excited to have invited Superfan Lee, Superfan RJ, and newly Superfan Stacy to a roundtable, and we're going to discuss Joe versus Volcano. And this is a bonus episode because, as we said in the Joe versus the Volcano episode, this is a film that Mike and I connected almost immediately when we were dating because most of us had encountered people that hate this movie, and we both love this movie. So we just thought it would be fun to bring our super fans together, see what their take on it is, and try to see if we have compadres here. And I, I don't think we do, but we'll find out. So thank you guys for coming. We really appreciate We appreciate your loyal support, your listenership, your sharing of our podcast, and we just consider you guys part of the family. So thank you very much. So what I want to do is I want to kick it off and go around the table. Tell us your history with this film. Have you seen it before? What was your take when you first saw it? And while you're kind of doing that in your mind, don't tell us, but be thinking about how you would rate this film on a scale of one to five, five being the best movie you've ever seen and one being blech. So don't tell us now. We're going to ask you at the end. But so, Stacy, why don't you kick us off and tell us your history with this film? Oh, sure thing. So history, uh, I did see it probably within the first year or the first year that it was released. And I just remember walking away out of the theater thinking, why did we spend our money <laughs> on this film? I was excited about it because it had Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, but I just couldn't get into the film. That's that's my history with it. And then I, for this episode, saw it probably a week ago and reminded me, uh, touched on the reasons why I didn't like it, but I did find a few things in it that I, you know, redeemed it a little bit in my eyes, but in general, yeah, stuck with, the original assessment. <laughs> okay. I'm excited to hear what changed. Right. So Lee, go ahead. Tell us your history with the film. So I saw this movie. I was trying to think of the, where I was, cause this was early nineties, right? 90 yeah, 90, or, 1990. 1990. So it was post basic training. I remember as a young adult, I, I remembered the beginning of this movie and I remembered the end of this movie. I did not remember the middle. And no, I didn't really care for it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't care for it when I saw it originally. More than likely, it was entertainment at training, right? On a post somewhere. I watched it again twice. Well, one and a half times uh, to prep for this. And it was kind of interesting what I thought of it in my memory versus what I pulled from it today. Right? Completely different movie to me past just the events in the movie if you read into it right it made a lot more sense to me now that i'm over 50. so yeah i can't wait to get into that also okay rj so i heard about the movie for the first time 14 days ago (laughs) i love that though (laughs) 
Um, and then I watched it one time two days ago, based off the date of this recording, and I did not like it. <laughs> okay, so we're still yeah. alone. <laughs> and I'm shocked you like it, Mike, based off the movies that we've talked about that we dislike together. Yeah, well, that's an interesting point I hadn't even thought of. How does it parallel to Armageddon Day? I'll have to give time. that some thought. You keep calling it Armageddon Days. It's Armageddon Time. Oh, well, see, that's how much I like that film. I didn't remember the name. <laughs> Lee, I'm going to ask you, what were your thoughts of the film? And now you can get into, if you want, kind of your viewing today and, and your different perspective. Like, what stood out for you in the film? Well, originally, you know, my memory of the film was I remembered the beginning where he worked in some kind of crummy office. And I remembered the end where he jumps in the volcano and it blows up, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> I never remember. I didn't remember the journey hardly at all. When I watched it, it kind of came back. But in my memory, I didn't remember it all. And when you look at it, it's an okay film. I don't hate it. I'd probably watch it with somebody if it was on, right? Because it's Tom Hanks and Megan Ryan. I mean, you're talking about two really good performers th that made this movie at least watchable, uh -huh. <laughs> right? But if you read it, this guy, I can vibe with this guy, right? I feel this guy he was it's more about mental health than it is about a volcano yes. right that whole movie is about depression uh -huh. and getting away from depression and i read that right away i mean from the foot stepping on the flower to him picking it up it was the only color in that scene yes there's a lot of hidden things in this movie and I think that's probably why somebody like Tom Hanks, although he was young and he wasn't very popular, but he knew his future. He knew his career. There was more to this than Joe versus a volcano. And right. that's what I took away this time, which is why I would probably watch it again. I think I didn't see it all. I watched it, like I said, one and a half times. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a way more in-depth movie than I remembered as, as a young man. Nice. I love it. RJ Stacy. I felt like this was filmed by two different people from a director standpoint. The first half, not the first half, the first set of scenes felt more like watching, oh gosh, uh, like a, Brazil from Terry Gilliam. Is that um, what you're thinking? No, Idiocracy. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so where it just felt like it was like this was a senior thesis project in art school and like you had to look at the the flower and the shoe and the how people were treating you and whatnot and i will say rj i was waiting for the guy to run through it with the sledgehammer and smash the screen right that yeah that's I, yeah it's exactly like that commercial <laughs> yeah what was the question <laughs> now you have a chance to give your overall thoughts yes yeah. i felt like it was like Three different movies kind of pieced oh. together. The first part of the movie felt like completely detached than the second part of On the Boat, which felt completely detached than On the Island. Mind you, there is a plot line that brought them all together, but from a from a visual aesthetic approach, and like there was no blending that brought the end to the beginning or the beginning to the end. Honestly, they did more with the steamer chests to bring the movies, the bits together than they did with the, the main opening scene. Stacey? Uh, no, I 100% agree with what? RJ. Um, it's it's be... three separate movies, or it's three separate starts of uh, a movie and or, or segments that were like kind of 
cobbled together. I think that, and it's funny, I similar to Lee, I all I remember is the beginning of the movie. I don't even remember the end of the movie oh, wow. um, from my first viewing of it. Mm-hmm. And it's that's where I get a lot of the, I feel the negativity towards the movie is because it was so depressing, right? <laughs> the whole the whole lead up to, you know, to getting to the point where he's going into the office and all and that I it was just, oh, gosh, what you know, and when I originally saw it, I was 20. So, I, you know, it was one of those things that was why this is depressing. Is that what life is going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> is that what, I'm going to get an office job and it's going to be like that. That sucks. Um, that was kind of, you know, probably my thought process back then. Now I, I oh, being older, I, I view that a little bit differently. I'm like, okay, I, I still didn't like it that much. And I think part of the reason why I didn't like it was Meg Ryan's character in that segment and Meg Ryan's character in the second segment. The two char- the two characters where she doesn't have natural hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I I just didn't jive with those characters. They right. they were kind of annoying. And the other thing that I noticed upon the the review of it is um, the second section of it very much reminded me of Brewster's. Was it Brewster's Millions? That the um, yeah with yeah. with uh, uh, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like here's here's a whole bunch of money you have to spend right. in this period of time. And it was a similar scenario in the sense, hey, here's all this money. You know, spend it before you die. Yep. Kind of thing. It was. That was very much the 80s, the shopping montage. That was a big thing. How do we spend a lot of money? Gordon Gecko. Right, right. Yeah, it was. Right. So that's kind of, yeah, that's how. And I feel like I did appreciate it a little bit more from my older, you know, lens than from my younger lens. However, it's not a movie that if it was on, I would continue watching it. It's not like a Shawshank Redemption that if I'm flipping through the channels and it's there, I'm going to stop and watch it or any, you know, other movie that I truly enjoyed and could stop and watch. Or even for that matter, from a TV perspective, every time I stop, every time I'm flipping through the channels and there's a law and order, I stop at a law and order, even though I've seen the freaking episode five million times. Right. It's just one of those things that I'm familiar, comfortable with, like. So I'd stick with it. This movie, no. <laughs> Don't have that same appreciation for it. Yeah, I have to say, um, both The Rock and Tokyo Drift or The Fast and Furious, those are ones that you just stop and yeah. for me and I can't get past and then I've wasted an hour. But I want to circle back to what Superfan RJ said about Armageddon date timestamp versus <laughs> this movie. And I think... The first part, Act 1, I'd say, yeah, is very depressing. But the difference and the reason I think I like this is he gets the girl in the end. There is a happy ending. And Armageddon Daytime Stamp, no happy ending. Right. I feel like I have to explain to the audience, though. We, If some of you remember, we did a, a local event where we went and saw a film called Armageddon Time about a month ago. And RJ came with us. And so that's what Mike is talking about when he talks about butchering the name of the movie armageddon time yeah okay but he also didn't want the girl in the end because he would prefer to jump in the volcano than to spend more time with meg ryan well, but they got married and and he was he was fulfilling his obligation he said he was a man of honor as we discovered in this latest viewing he's a firefighter i didn't know that the first times i saw it i missed that part so he was fulfilling his obligation yeah i was gonna agree with you and i was gonna say he made a deal and he thinks he's dying 
when he jumps into that volcano, he thinks he's dying. And if she wants to go with him and he resisted it at first, he said, no, 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 no. Don't marry me because I'm going to die in this volcano. And so I think he was like, "Okay, if that's what she wants to do. And so he was as surprised as anybody that it tossed him out and he lived. Like volcanoes do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Projectile vomiting you into the ocean. We were just talking about by the premise, by the bit. That's right. You really can't go into this film with reality. Correct. Yeah. Correct. He has no brain cloud. This was a scam, right? Mm -hmm. So you brought up Stacey Meg Ryan playing the three roles. Yes. So that is not usually done. It's one of the reasons that she chose this film because she thought it would be a challenge to portray these three characters. And I can't wait for you all to listen to our episode. Part of me wishes I had um, had you guys listen to it before. So it'll be fun for you after we have this discussion. But I I think I know what your answer is. But what did you think of her playing those three roles? Was it confusing when you saw her the second time? Are you like, is that the same girl? Is it? It wasn't confusing. It was just annoying. Her first two characters were super annoying to me. I just like I could not. I'm like, it felt like overacting, right? That's what that's what it felt like to me. And it just didn't feel natural. So, and, and had the w- one character maintained throughout the movie, maybe it would have resonated more. But because they jumped uh, to another character and another character, it just, the one that felt more natural was the one at the end. So if they had had two different actresses portray Dee Dee and Patricia... Do you think that I, I think they still would have been annoying I, character wise. But yes, I think I wouldn't have been as annoyed as. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was Didi and Angela. I think it was intentional. And oh, I think oh, it's course, exactly yeah. the reason why you guys are saying it's three different movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was exactly the reason why they had her play three different people to make it three different movies. No, I don't discount that yeah. it wasn't intentional. I'm just, it was just freaking <laughs> annoying to me. <laughs> so I think they want you to hate, obviously they want you to hate the first two. To show, you know, because he's changing. Mm-hmm. Every scene, the environment gets a little bit better. Right? Mm-hmm. No, that, I just realized that, Lee. Um, in the first part, Dee Dee is just as depressing as he is. In the second part, and Angela... Angelica. Angelica is all about status and money and shopping and all that stuff, which is kind of that middle piece. He's spending all that money and kind of getting all the stuff. Like when he gets the violin case bar, I'm just like, how are you? What You don't need that. I mean, so it's all about consumption, right? And then First, the third one. Dee Dee re- does refuse to sleep with him. Angelica wants nothing but to sleep with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, too. So I think it was she. The That's because theme. he got a haircut. <laughs> With the haircut, he looked a lot better. <laughs> got some sun, so he better. didn't look so gray. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It almost plays like they're. I don't know how to word it. <clears throat> the ghosts of mm-hmm. not right, Christmas, not past, past, present, and future, oh, but yeah. of your men, your mental place, right? Mm-hmm. Because each person that she plays corresponds with how he is in each segment. So it's a projection or a reflection right. of how it's he's feeling about himself. It's letting us as an audience see it in case we can't read it, maybe. I don't know. Okay, that's mind-blowing that it's a Christmas carol. <laughs> <laughs> so now 
Now, like where people will watch The Shining with audio from other things, I wonder if I watch Joe versus Volcano with the audio from Spirited. Mm-hmm. Would that make more right. sense? Perchance. I think no. It's interesting because it's it, it's pulling spirituality or the spirit into this. It's it's you're getting back what you're reflecting, right? or you're mm-hmm. yeah you're Ooh. projecting. So it, it's reflecting back upon you. So as he's projecting this depressed little dude that's mm-hmm. going into the office that hates his job, hates his life, everything, this other chick that's just like him is like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you. But then fast forward into the, hey, I got my hair cut. I look better. I feel better. I, I get to buy all this stuff. Then somebody wants him. And then, yeah, I get, I don't know about the third one, but. <laughs> right. Well, I've got three conspiracy, th- two th- conspiracy okay, well, theories. Like on one of them, though, is on the. Dee Dee Angelica, mm-hmm. and I forget the last one's name. Um, it's Patricia. 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 Yeah. So this movie came out in 1991, and Angelica reminded me identical to Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge didn't start acting until 93. What if Jennifer Coolidge saw this film and was like, that character needs to be me? And we don't know the real Jen Coolidge, that she's just playing Angelica off of Joe vs. the Volcano. And that's been her bit forever. And she's, it's working for her now. Right, so she's sitting in her cheap apartment in Sepulveda, and she sees this and says, I can make this work. I yes. can make this hunt. Yeah, because what? Ten people saw the movie? <laughs> one of them being jennifer coolidge <laughs> i love jennifer coolidge but i was like why is she impersonating jennifer coolidge and then i literally had to google it i'm like this was done before she even started acting mm-hmm. what if this is opposite anyways one of my conspiracy theories from about this movie. okay you have to tell us the next the next one is that um i think this respectfully garbage of a script made decent <laughs> money and with Meg Ryan and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Wow. That they then were cast in every other 90s rom-com because I was like, oh, is this Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail or any other popular rom-com where it's him, those two standing opposite of each other as semi-interested people? Okay, so now you've straight into my wheelhouse. Okay. <laughs> Rom-coms live and die on the female lead, and Meg Ryan was the queen of rom-coms, certainly at that era. You could you put her in anything, and it would work. And they found that Tom Hanks has great chemistry with Meg Ryan. Now, he, he's a great comedic actor, and he's so likable that he's pretty much the perfect rom-com leading man. There was no way to not cast those two in every rom-com in the 80s and 90s. It just couldn't happen. Think of how much time and money you spent watching the same pseudo love story between the same actors playing semi-different characters, semi-interested in each other. Okay, that's my other wheelhouse. You're now describing the entire Hallmark Channel. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. And I've, I've never seen any of those movies. The oh, Meg really? Ryan, Tom Hanks, Tom Never watched a single one of them. Dude, Lee. <laughs> Not you even have Joe vs. the Volcano is the only time. Wow. That's crazy. Just not my wheelhouse. So we should probably admit that Sleepless in Seattle was our first date. Nice. Okay. So, okay. Our next question is, this film had quite a few montages in it. We referred to the shopping montage. There was the um, fishing montage. Walking to work montage. Yes, yes. Uh, Well, that wasn't a montage so much as it was... Boring. the scene well yeah. there is there is the fishing on the boat with the hammerhead 
But there is also when he was in P, the Patricia or whatever, was on the on the luggage. Mm-hmm. They had him Third on That's yeah. the one at the end, the um, spa treat, the spa treatment. Oh, right. at the yes. end. That's yes. what that is. Including the ever exciting octopus facial. So, how did you feel about that? Ask you about the octopus. Because <laughs> I know you and the octopi. Right? Yes. Anybody want to comment on the montage? Or are I we, mean, I feel we're... like it, it typical like 80s, 90s yeah. montage scenario. I mean, you couldn't see a film without there being some sort of a right. montage of something. This right. one just had like three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, three films in one. I'm curious. I'm going to look up the definition of montage because uh-huh. in the opening scene... It doesn't have dialogue, so I don't know if that with the song make it a montage, or do we need to have cuts to make it a montage? Like I, the shopping I, one where many cuts. I think My head I went feel, there after I saw it, and I think it's a progression of time via cuts with music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That looks like more choreographer dance. Mm. Yeah, that's the reason why I don't deem the front... the beginning of it a montage, a montage because right. I feel like there's progression of somebody walking from the parking lot to the building and maybe they're cutting to different people doing that but it's essentially the same walk uh, yeah whereas the shopping one was like different cuts of different um shopping expeditions that they were doing and all compiled together with music <laughs> maybe you guys have said this but does anybody want to comment on why you think that most people don't respond to this movie like we did well i don't think it could be made today and released today um, without some major, with the same casting or without the major recasting. Like, for example, right now. Um, yeah, they'd all be really old. No one on the island was actually Asian Pacific Islander. Yes, they yes. were, it's Nathan Lane. <laughs> well, well, is so, that Abe Bogota in there? Yes, yes. it's Abe Bogota. <laughs> so they said in dialogue, which could have got lost that a bunch of Jews got blown off course onto the island, which is why Abe Vigoda was the chief. Right. And, and, and they, oy vey, and they Hava. play Hava Nagila. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, there, there weren't a lot of natives. It was a bunch of Jews. Yeah. But like, some of that was like campiness of the orange soda. And like, I just don't think that Even could though be... it's true. <laughs> I'm joking. I just don't think it could be re- released today with this, a positive reception. I think it could be released as like an SNL branded movie uh, where it was like campy and funny, but um, not as a rom-com semi-series going to make millions, hundreds of millions in the box. One could say it wasn't released in 91 with a positive reception. (laughs) (laughs) True. We can can attest to that. I would not even, I mean, personally, again, all I remembered was the very first part of it Mm -hmm. when you you said, hey, we have this thing and do you want to come... Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I, all I could remember was the very first like section of it and why I didn't like it. But because of that, I thought in my mind, how is this a rom com? But I guess ultimately it is because he gets the girl and kisses at the end and all that fun stuff. But I, I wouldn't deem this or look at it as a rom com personally. Well, the, you've taught me that the rule of the rom com is the lead changes from the beginning to the end. Okay, and what's that? Because of the because love. Because of the, of the love. love. And that definitely is the case because he is, is just... it though? Because he changed in the middle and there wasn't the love with the chick at the end. You know what I mean? So there was an immediate change with the money. <laughs> and then mission. Right? 
So so that's why in my mind, or, or as you're saying this, if that if that's the rule, right? He didn't change because of her love. He changed because he had a new mission, right? And he had an obligation that he wanted to fulfill. It was just like cream cream on top with and with the cherry that he found this really cool chick that he like loved her, loved him. And when he was spit out the volcano, he was, you know, all well, there and they were again, unharmed. I'm going I'm to gently push back and say that I think what it is, is when he is on the suitcases and he's sacrificing the only water they have for Patricia and and he has that he has that big aha with the full moon. I think that's when he realized there's more to light. Like it's caring for another person. It's ta- it's. I mean, talk about take. You know uh, what do they call it when you just strip somebody down mm-hmm. from everything except for the basicness of needs because they were almost dying. He was clearly almost dying from dehydration in the sun and everything. And and he cared for her and her needs. And so I would say that it was his love for her that kind of gave him the aha. But he was already <laughs> going to die in his mind. Right. Right. Okay. So I, I, no, I get what you're saying. Totally 100%. But I still feel he changed before he met her. And it... You know, and it was just that progression. That's all. Yeah. I want to say, <clears throat> I think love was the result, not the cause. The fact that once he learned he was going to die in his mind, right? Then somebody gave him purpose. And so that purpose is what drove him to, okay, I'm going to go frivolously spend this money. He didn't buy anything meaningful because he was going to die. So he just didn't had fun. Got a haircut, felt, and he felt good about himself. And then that led to this journey to the island. And once he discovered that he felt good about himself, instead of feeling bad about himself, then love came. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So then love was the result, not the cause. The mm-hmm. cause was the fact that he had a journey, a mission, an obligation, something to do. But then when that was over, what was left? Love. And that now became the mission. And it, so it like, rom-com, maybe the last 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Part three. <laughs> Part four, right? But I think the movie, right. I don't know. I don't think he changed because of love. I think he changed, well, he changed because the love for himself yeah. grew. So if you count that. And I this love is this where, discussion. This is where we get into Armageddon time territory for me. Of like, <laughs> if you can't just cut and blank and say this is the theme this is the movie this is the point and you have to hunt for it you're like are you just making stuff up <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but isn't that entertainment but isn't rom-com supposed to be quick and easy and like you could like you're supposed to know the big prem- the right. premise yeah. of it that which it's is a why i'm saying this is not a rom-com mm-hmm. right Agree. and i and stand that's... by saying i've never seen a meg ryan tom hanks rom-com you need to Okay, that that just takes away all of your authority in your statement. <laughs> but but I have, and I do not deem this. I do not deem this a, a rom com. And and I like I like what Lee was saying about you know the minute that he had new purpose, right? It was like he he knew he was going to die, and all of that that actually let every all the depression fade away because he didn't have to think that his life was going to continually be the way that it was and he was stuck in that rut 
So he was then liberated and able to move forward and actually be be what's the word? Uh, not be happy, but but be excited about what was coming because it's like, OK, what can I buy now? And OK, what can I do? And now, he, you know, he he was very service oriented. So the fact that he had something that he could strive towards and a goal made him feel better about himself, made I, him love himself more. I fall back on repeat my senior <laughs> thesis art school project right. based off both of what you guys have just said. <laughs> But, you know, that's partly why it's not a movie. I, w I mean, I would watch it again if I, but I wouldn't jump to go see it. Like you said earlier, you mentioned The Rock. The Rock is always a pause. You yeah. stop and watch it. I don't care if you're walking to the airport. You stop and watch that movie for the soundtrack alone, right? The score right. in that movie alone makes the thing. This one is about learning maybe how to rethink things yourself or read Journey. I don't know. It's a journey film. You bring up soundtrack, which is interesting because one, I don't, I don't, I didn't pay attention to any of the music that was done or if any of it was deliberate, but that's what I do remember about movies from the eighties and the nineties. They were very soundtrack centric, mm -hmm. right? Oftentimes I feel like they pick the songs before, <laughs> before they finish the movie. Right. So. Well, that was MTV. Yeah. Right. That was the, the generation right. we we're laughing about yeah. that, that MTV's name is still MTV and they still have that sting tag that he sings yet. They haven't played a video in 10 years, right? right? But yeah, that it was the era of mm -hmm. you would pick um, the soundtrack. And I remember going to get albums from movies like, oh my gosh, it's great. The music, you know, this album came out. And now, obviously, there's a, a different emphasis. But that uh, it's funny that you say because I couldn't name a single song on the soundtrack of Joe versus Volcano. Or Armageddon Time for that. No, matter. and I'm usually <laughs> very into, I mean, my phone is filled with movies. Yeah. But I don't remember. So interesting. All right. Last question. Second to last, kind of. Would If somebody came to you and you have a brain cloud and they ask you to jump in a volcano, would you do it? With the wonderful Google. I'd Google it. <laughs> so if you're asking if someone to like, you're going to die because of brain cloud and I would just accept an offer on the street. Right. No. No. Okay. So you'd get a Google second opinion, or would that be a first opinion? Probably a first opinion. I, I, yeah, I would remember the, uh, that Queen Latifah movie. What was it called? <laughs> the Holiday. The Holiday. Yeah, The Last Holiday or The Holiday. Yeah, yeah something like that. Maybe it's, oh, it's The Last Holiday. Last Holiday or something like that. Yeah, about how she was misdiagnosed, ends up blowing all of her savings on this really awesome trip, and then finds out that she's not going to die. And then I would say second opinion and likely go to Google and then possibly somebody else <laughs> after Google. So here's, obviously, we look at the movie, most people would get a second opinion at a minimum, right? Yeah. Instead of just believing this person. But you guys didn't answer the question. So the question wasn't, would you get a second opinion? For me, would if it was diagnosed and it was true, I would absolutely do you're solving a lot of birds with one stone here and having fun. I couldn't have that much fun going out. If I was going to die in a month, I was going to die in a month. Why not die having fun? But I would get a second opinion <laughs> first. <laughs> Maybe a third. Good point, Lee. <laughs> so, if the, yeah, if the second opinion came back, yes, you're definitely a brain cloud. You're going to die. Especially if they gave me a whole bunch of money that I could then get, leave to my family. Right. Yeah. 
And save the Wapoonies at the same time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Random question. What was the official opening line of this movie? Does it hold true to your, Mike, your um, thesis? I don't... So, yeah, the line does actually support my thesis. It's from Dan Hadaya. I know he can get the job, but can he do the job? No. <laughs> can I I he no, he says, he says no, and then he repeats himself over and over. <laughs> yeah. I love that character, Dan and I. Okay. Um, yeah, I like him too. The last question. Got so under my skin, it's not even funny. <laughs> he plays the so same under- character in every he movie he's in. I agree. But when you're good at it, be good at it. Did your opinion change from what you said you thought of the movie at the beginning of this podcast? That's a good question. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it did. I mean, I see it from different light, and that's always fun. That's what's fun about these things, right? And the, a movie like this is. Obviously, it's not a simple movie. It's a complex movie. Yeah. So getting different perspectives, a lot of people are going to take away different things from it intentionally. But I don't think it changed my opinion of it. Mm-hmm. One to five? Or we're not there yet. Never mind. No, no, no. You can, now you can admit what you're... No, oh, I was, as soon as you said one to five, I said three. Oh, okay. Right? I don't hate it, but right. I don't love it. You are the first person we have ever yeah. met that is in the middle. That's people mess. either hate this movie or love this movie. We've had one other person... Um, Angel, shout out to Angela Weber. <laughs> She's the only person that loved this movie that we met. Everybody else like hates it. One of it. the things I liked, but I liked, I know it's not the popular opinion, but I liked the three Meg Ryan characters. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't view it. I didn't care about the characters. <clears throat> there wasn't that much depth in them to care. I cared as an actress. She did a really good mm-hmm. job and she made me irritated at both of those first characters, and that means she did her job. Mm-hmm. I've got five more ninety movies that has the same two <laughs> actors in it, <laughs> and, and I don't have to watch a unique perspective. But I don't have that, and it had fun elements like Hammerhead Shark, the stupid little things, right? I had fun with it. Yeah, him dancing on the, you yep. know, I wish I could remember that song because you guys were talking about the soundtrack, and there was that song that he was dancing to um i liked him too i liked the three characters i loved when Dee Dee said she says something like i where are you and he answers her and he and she says i wish i was where you are and i think that's where he's starting to kind of break open because he's heard he has the brain cloud and she sees this glimmer of like you said the depression mm-hmm. but oh there's the light there's the way out i and want what he has because he finally kind of had a little bit of life in him it wasn't this drudgery that he was gonna wake up the next day you know rinse and repeat kind of he finally had a way to go and she was kind of like i want some i want to go where you're going which to me almost made sense like in this weird way because it is portrayed by the same actress that she Dee Dee kind of does get to go with him not but yes you know that's how I took it so I feel like again it's one of those things it's like when I want to watch a rom-com I want it to be a rom-com from the beginning to the end that's how I feel right if I want to watch stupid silly right like an airplane mm-hmm. I, I I know what I'm going into Absolutely. like a stepbrothers like a you know one of the you know any any welfare or freaking movie there is right it's it one of those I know it's going to be a stupid funny movie right that I potentially will like or not like at the end of it but I'm going in with my eyes wide open right where this one I think took me off guard because it didn't start off as a rom-com in my mind and in the end yes there was 
love, mm-hmm. right, that it found, but it was just kind of stupid, funny. It's silly. It was mm-hmm. silly, yeah. basically, and it wasn't something that I was geared up to yeah. and, and would embrace. Yeah. So I would rate it probably a one and a half. Not something that I would ever stop and watch mm-hmm. or seek out, mm-hmm. but I'm not so annoyed with it that I didn't want to watch it again <laughs> to come on and be a guest <laughs> with you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Any final thoughts? I was in the same spot where it, could, it was definitely not a three, but I would definitely can't confirm I was a one. So like I'm thinking one or two. So like 1.5. Yeah. And I think a more relevant instead of, of the opening credits, has anyone seen the TV show called Severance? It felt like the opening scene of this movie was like the, the severance portion of Severance. Oh, um, disassociated with everything else in their life. Okay, so super fans, RJ and Stacy, since you're a 1.5, just imagining what if the entire film was of the same style as that last third if if let's say we just open on them washing up on the island and then the rest of the film is the two of them as they go through the preparations and the leap into the volcano would that does that seem like that would be a more appealing film yeah yes it was just again an hour and a half with that yeah i would see not even an hour and a half (laughs) Just the first. What's the shortest it's a movie? Short. I was gonna say, what's the shortest movie? Maybe there? today. That's about I mean, that they, that yeah. commercially, right? It just felt the first portion, the first act, or whatever you want to call it, just felt so dis- disattached. To the yeah, it's disconnected from the rest of it. But I think that was on purpose. I mean, we well, no, 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 obviously it was on purpose. I don't think the purpose. message would have been what it was without that. I totally agree. Well, I don't know. Again, I brought up the Queen Latifah movie, yeah. right? right? I mean, they did that to the me tone. was like that tone was consistent throughout the movie and like part three of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. In that sense. So, and I enjoyed that movie. Right. 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 I, I still believe we just, we witnessed the character creation of Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> So if we ever get her on the podcast, I'll try to ask that question. Does no one know the real you? Are you just Angelica from <laughs> Joe versus the Volcano? Well, I think Bobcat Goldthwait doesn't speak like that normally. He has a regular voice. Bob Dylan used to be able to sing in a different way. So it was a conscious choice. So maybe Jennifer Coolidge was sitting at home. How do I break into Hollywood? Then she went to the movies for inspiration, saw this movie, and decided this is it. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Is it Larry the Cable Guy? His yes. His whole public persona is that. Yeah, he's not even named Larry. Yeah, hillbilly-esque persona mm-hmm. character. But you actually have yeah. podcasts and conversations and interviews where he's just like a normal, normal Joe. Right. And not even, you couldn't even associate him with the character he pulls. Well, that shows, too, how much costume department has an impact because he puts on the sleeveless flannel shirt and the ball cap and he becomes Larry the Cable Guy and he walks around town without that and nobody uh, believes it. So from this movie, maybe we stop hiring so many actors and we just put them in different wigs and clothes. We could save money. How dare you? I think the American Horror Story series as a franchise has done that for you. (laughs) They've already (laughs) already mined that savings. All right. Thank you, everybody, again. Uh, Superfan RJ Lee and Stacy for coming on the podcast and 
helping us out with this. Thank you so much for your continued support. We're so excited that we've gotten to 100 episodes. We're excited about this next year with our theme. They've all made guesses and they've not been correct about what the theme for January is. So keep those guesses coming in and never forget. Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to dodgemediaproductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop, and neither do the movies. 